0: week's Planet Korea, we return to our regular feature on Seoul urbanism in partnership with our friend Colin Marshall. Colin is the local blogger for the Los Angeles Times Review of Books. And if you search for him online, you'll find quite the library of essays, podcasts and articles on the topic of cities around the world. Once a month or so, Colin and I seek out some interesting place in Seoul and we walk around exploring and talking about it. This time we're visiting an attraction that draws a crowd not so much because of what it is, but because of what people imagine it might have been. Our associate producer, Jamie Lee, came along. Have a listen. Colin, we are uh, right outside the gates of a very interesting destination. You know, I don't often get the chance to demonstrate or accrue hipster cred points, but uh, I think I'm going to get that chance today because the only point of coming here is to show that you have been here.
1: It's true. We're in one of the most Instagrammable locations in all of Seoul that isn't the Dongdaemun Design Plaza, that isn't a tall building. It's a place that you can't really
0: go without the intent of taking a picture. That's what it's for. Yongma Land. Yongma Land. Um, Big bright, although not illuminated, Hangul characters over the gate. I've read about this. I'm excited to see what's inside, but just looking at the gate itself, it's kind of this decrepit thing, and it hints at uh, what it is. It's basically an old-time amusement park that uh, doesn't even run. It doesn't even run, and it's been fully closed as an
1: amusement park since at least 2011, but it looks like it's been closed much longer than that from the outside. This looks like you'd, you'd come up upon it. If you didn't know what this was, you'd think it was, what, 20, 25
0: years abandoned? I'll be honest with you. This calls to mind some of the places of my childhood. There were places like this that I suppose by the time I was a college student or a teenager were starting to look like this. Uh, These little, small amusement parks not connected to any particular huge entertainment conglomerate. But nonetheless, uh, they just kind of fell into not being used and eventually became something else, like a mall or something. What's interesting here in Seoul is that this thing has gotten a second life as a an ex-amusement park. That's its identity. It is. You'd expect something like this, an amusement park that is, has
1: been long since disused, to be redeveloped. Everything in Seoul, as soon as it starts getting unprofitable, knock it down, build something else. But this has stayed the same structurally, basically. It has almost everything it once did when it was a functioning amusement park. But now you... You can't really ride anything. You can push things around by your own power. You can walk around. You can explore. But it is it is now a a shell, you might call it, of an amusement park.
0: Generationally, Colin, are you you familiar with Scooby-Doo? Of course I am.
1: Those (laughs) those lousy kids, pesky kids? I would have gotten away with it if it weren't for those meddling Meddling kids, Meddling kids. You know it better than I do.
0: (laughs) I used to, it used to be a Saturday morning staple. That what really was for me as a little kid. Uh, Scooby-Doo is a big old dog and he goes around in the mystery machine van with all of the other uh, young detectives and they solve mysteries. All of which seem to take place in an abandoned amusement park very often now that you mention it it's true um, so I expect what we're going to see when we go inside is the setting for a scooby-Doo cartoon kind of thing and uh, the, the the backdrop where you could have sort of a scooby-Doo episode
1: let's go solve some mysteries then I guess Ruby doo. <laughs>
0: So, yeah, we've got the entire mise-en-scene here. It really does remind me of these. uh, I used to go to an amusement park called Rocky Point when I was a little kid in Rhode Island. And it calls instantly to mind some of the the rides. We're actually standing next to uh, a little parking lot of bumper cars they're not even in the bumper arena anymore if I were going to set up a monument a bumper car monument that's what it would look like they' they're bumper cars that are lined up in a straight row those poles that would usually power them standing like flagpoles at attention and I guess it meant to optimize your selfie Five friends can sit in these bumper cars next to each other ten friends there's two seats per bumper car that's right that's right yeah bring your whole crew here you br- this is uh um... for all your bridesmaids and your groomsmen <laughs> yeah let's have our stag party at the creepy amusement park. That sounds like an idea. <laughs> it's an idea whose time has come, I think. <laughs> and then there's the... Uh, I've seen photos of it, but in reality it looks a little smaller. The uh, merry-go-round. The merry-go-round, and this
1: is the most recognizable element of Maland. Do you know why? Why? Music videos. This has appeared in ah. many a K-pop music video. Dramas as well. Romantic scenes and merry-go-rounds. They just go together in the mind of the Korean drama writer, producer. And... You'll have seen, I think, the most famous music video that is shot in Yongmalan, and there have been a few. It's by a band called Crayon Pop. Bop,
2: bop, bop, bop,
1: bop, bop, bop. They were huge a few years ago. That's song They did the bicycle helmet thing. Well, yeah, which was, I guess, the main difference from other Korean pop groups that got them celebrated for their difference. But yeah, they did a, a video... Much of it shot here in Jungmaland, riding, I believe, that's functional, the merry-go-round. Some of the other rides got turned on for them. So if you're crayon pop, you can get rides activated. If you've got real us, pull
0: in this town, yes, unlike you and me, yes. you can uh, get occasionally the rides turned on. But again, we should reiterate, the whole point of this joint is to come in and sit on non-functioning rides. Exactly. You pay, uh, I think, about what, 5,000 won at the door. It is. It's cheap. It's cheap. And then you get all the selfies you want in a rather creepy, uh, should I keep saying creepy, a nostalgic amusement park. And it's, it's decrepit
1: nostalgia. That's the feeling you get here.
0: Yeah, I think that's right. And for me, it's especially nostalgic. What jumps out at me is that when you get into the amusement park business in ever since really the late 90s or even the 80s? You have to be linked to a corporate empire of uh, pre developed characters, certain mice and certain ducks and certain... Shall be unnamed (laughs) for fear of loss. Right? And these are just sort of creatures of the imagination. These are horses that you might have seen, this carousel in the 1930s somewhere. You've got a a fire truck. Uh, What kid doesn't want to play on a fire truck kind of thing? And then uh, a fairly normal kind of, um, I would call that ride over there, a spider where you have the legs. Actually, it's an octopus now that I look. It's an
1: octopus, yeah. Yeah.
0: Uh, The legs of the octopus extend out, and at the end of each leg, there's about four spinning cars, so you can go up and down and spin around, or as I would describe it, uh, lose my lunch
1: lose your lunch. And don't forget these snowmen greeting us here in the early summer. As the heat really starts to build, we have a pair of snowmen now sort of dressed in scarves and gloves and
0: hats. This is a theme park with no unifying theme, you might say. <laughs> yeah. Even the Yongma, Yongma land. At first, I was uh, playing around in my mind, well, Yong, dragon, ma, horse, what does it mean? It turns out that the mountain next here to this thing is called Yongma San.
1: As uh, in the many cases in Korea, you name your park or your business after whatever Close to
0: next to it? And if you got a mountain, so much the better. Yongma san is right nearby. So Give me just a little quick rundown of the history. When did this thing come about?
1: Like much in Korea, it's not as old as it looks. It had some license troubles in the 1990s, continued operating in some fashion until 2011. Now it's still amusing, but the business model is different. You don't come in to ride the rides. You pay to see the decrepitude.
0: Is this a thing, is this a a world trend that I need to know about, abandonment attraction, decrepitude, voyeurism? Well, in the true Korean
1: spirit, this is a more entrepreneurial version of that. So I hang out with some types here in Seoul who are known as urban explorers. They love to go into abandoned neighborhoods, abandoned buildings, abandoned whatever, whether the construction never really finished or whether it fell into disuse and disrepair and there's no people in them anymore. They love these places because they can sneak in surreptitiously, often under the cover of night, and see what's there, and photograph them, sometimes Instagram them, usually in secret Instagram accounts, that kind of thing. So it's an illicit activity to some degree, but here this is completely above board. People know they want to go to Yongemalen, people go in the broad daylight, people pay the owner uh, to be let in. This is a, how to put it, the, it seems strange to say in the midst of this decay,
0: but the commercialized version yes. of the abandoned space. The safe and sanitized way of sneaking into the abandoned park but now it's something you can purchase. Well, pretty safe anyway, I have a feeling. Some of these parts are not attached as firmly as they once were, so you got to be careful. (laughs) At least they're not moving and swinging you uh, at uh, negative Gs and things above uh, and upside down.
1: (laughs) Fair enough. Safety first.
0: But there's lots to pose on. I mean, uh, we've come relatively early in the afternoon. I suspect the real boom time here is after dark, when things get a little bit lit up. Uh, semi-lit up and and people can come and pose uh, at dusk when the sun is creeping below the horizon. But I've already seen, you know, some dates, some dressed up young women in pigtails and things like that, uh, serious photo takers, cameras, tripods. If you search on Instagram
1: for a yongma you see endless results. Often you're right, taken at night, taken at dusk, taken in the magic hour in the afternoon, just getting the right light, getting the right costumes, posing just right. Videos too. Korean vloggers love to come here. A couple of vloggers. They, they walk around, they put on character heads, they dance, they pose. Uh, they find
0: setups that, if you can believe it, setups that other people haven't found yet. That's kind of the game here. There's millions of possible shots but only one right one that's some filmmaker that i can't remember who but it's a famous quote there's only one right shot what's your right shot the sajang nim is over there he's got a real interesting business model why don't we get a little bit of the nitty gritty on the history of this place
2: 저는 1996년도에 이 설치하고 지금까지 관리하고 있는 현준수입니다
0: He's been here for a long time, taking care um, of it.
3: 1996. 1996. He's the one who installed everything here.
0: Did it ever open to the public? Did people come and buy tickets and use it?
3: So it hasn't been publicly opened.
0: It never, never. opened in the first place. Uh, because you couldn't get the license, is that why? Yeah,
3: yeah It's related with the license.
0: Why didn't you just uh, tear it down a few years later? How did it transform into this kind of photograph park? 수 없는
2: 것은 이게 어떤 이렇게 놓고 손실이나 이런 것들에 대해서 보상 방법이 없었어요.
3: So they're waiting to be compensated, but that didn't happen in the short amount of time. So they're waiting for the compensation, but and then they just kind of accidentally got a request to take shoot a music video in this area and so they were like thinking oh we can kind of you know get some profits by making this kind of a shooting kind of place so it kind of started from
0: that so they couldn't get the license they're just waiting around on the compensation from the government and along comes uh, was it a k-pop star who was it
3: 백지영 female singer who's really famous in korea
0: And then did that start a trend? How many videos, music videos, have been done here?
3: Like more than 50 singers and K-pop stars have been shooting their music videos and photo shoots here.
0: Colin, did you realize that the numbers were that high? I knew that there was like a couple that kind of set the park up, but uh, for that many to have been done, I I wasn't aware of that.
1: No, you see these compilations on YouTube of videos shot in Yongmaland. There's 10, 12, but the number was so high, I didn't
0: realize either. Dozens and dozens. This is practically a a K-pop Hallyu production facility. Hallyu has been very important for this, hasn't it? Right,
2: 그러니까 외국 사람들이 찾아오는 것 자체는 한류 때문에 오는 거죠. Do a lot of foreigners come? 홍콩 사람이 가장 많고요. 그다음 대만, 일본, 싱가폴. 그다음 이제 요즘 이제 유럽 사람들이
0: 좀 들어오고 있어요. It's the usual Hollywood model, isn't it? I mean, the videos and the, the the culture goes out there. It's huge in Southeast Asia. They want to travel and and taste it for themselves and experience it for themselves.
1: There's even a Singaporean company that puts this in their tour package. They say come to Seoul, Yongma Lande is part of it. <laughs> it's right on the
2: itinerary, yes. right? 화보 촬영도 이제 유명 연예인들 화보 촬영도 드라마 또 영화 이런 것들을 찍으니까 그 장난 장면들이 있어요. 우리는 이제 너무 많으니까 사랑할 것도 없는 거예요.
3: So, it's the venue is not just used for music videos, but it's used for, like, film shootings or just shooting in general. So, he's saying, like, every parts and parts is probably, like, on screen. So, it's very exposed to the public nowadays.
0: This is almost... Colin, you would know this being in uh, Los Angeles. This is almost like a movie set. This is basically sort of, you know, an outlying uh, Paramount Studios kind of outdoor set.
1: Reminds me of this diner that's in the middle of the desert. It's never, I think, been a diner. It's used for shoots and shoots only. There's even one down on Wilshire Boulevard in the middle of the city. Johnny's Coffee Shop Restaurant hasn't been a diner in like 20 years. It sits there empty until a shoot
0: comes along. And it's, it's in the same condition as Yongmalan. Does anything ever turn on? All you do is turn on the lights for effect. But none of the rides ever turn on anymore, right?
2: So if you pay extra, they will run the... Some of the rides?
3: Some of the rides. Really? Right.
0: Merry-go-round? And...
3: Yes. You have to pay ex- extra.
0: Do the rides work yeah. still? So I could... If we really wanted to and we paid, we could go on the Viking and we could right. go on
3: the... So you have to pay extra to get the merry-go-round lightings in the evening as well?
0: So there's a whole rate card here. I mean, to get in, that's 5000 But then if you want extra effects and lights and this and that moving, there's a whole negotiation. It's very much like a movie industry kind of thing. Good place to get
3: married here.
0: What do you think, uh, Jahyong? Do you want to have your proposal here?
3: Yeah. Your
0: uh, engagement party? I saw
3: the pictures. I think it'll be really nice in the evening though. Yeah. Not in the daytime. We're going
0: to put you and the groom up on the Viking and uh, make it run. We're oh, going to take up a collection. Oh, it's exciting. Yeah.
3: With the lighting and stuff, the, like the venue turns very different from the daytime, so I think in the evening it's really beautiful.
0: Yes. And um, for a little extra we can get you one of the Aladdin costumes to wear for the wedding.
3: Thank you so much. Where's my carpet?
0: Alan, it's always hard to get visuals across on the radio by definition, but um, let's just kind of look around in a circle here. We've got uh, one of these space pilot uh, rides where each of the pods where people sit uh, look like kind of a Buck Rogers 1970s version of space. Yeah, it's very
1: mid century idea of the future. Kids could once ride around in, or maybe they never did. Who knows? The story is kind of up
0: for grabs. hmm With lots of bright, blinking lights. I presume they would have blinked back in the day. Then we turn around... I don't know how to describe this. These are almost like steampunk kind of shells that you would sit in, maybe to uh, uh, to go through the desert in Frank Herbert's Dune yeah, or something like that. They're brown with
1: rust. Yeah, they've got this serrated kind of nose on them. They look almost like the face of a reptile, but there are seats inside. Almost it's, kind of uh, Mad Max, you know? Very Mad Max, yeah. There's a pirate collapsed up there with a hook for a hand and raising his sword aloft, but he's just sort of cast onto the rocks. <laughs> next, next to me. It's a colorful pirate. It's a colorful pirate. Like many things, are here and next to those Mad Max pods, you see, looks kind of like a log outhouse, like Lincoln Logs. If you ever built with those as a kid, but it's I think a ticket booth and a exactly. Viking ship. And then beyond that, isn't
0: that sort of like an Asian boat? It almost looks like oh, a yeah, turtle it's not ship. Not Viking. Or, it's
1: more like a turtle ship.
0: Yeah, it looks or a dragon boat. To me, it, it's it's yeah. reminiscent of something you might uh, see one of the sort of nostalgic boats in Hong Kong Harbor or something yes. like that. Yeah.
1: What about that chalet over there? It, it Perched on top of a kind of is a, a platform, where, but then next to it you've got this low building with bright pastel yellows and purples and teals, like it's out of Latin America. I've seen buildings just like this in Mexico yeah, itself. Yeah,
0: this, this building is painted in uh, powder blue, pink, yellow, and it does look like some kind of uh, Cuban dream you might have uh, sitting in your chaise longue. Over there, there's, uh, like you said, this little castle with copper plating, and it looks like if you were to combine sort of Scarlet O'Hara and Sleeping Beauty, this is where she would go for her mint julep, her little gazebo from a medieval time.
1: It it looks exactly like that. We're standing in the middle of a, a collection, a compendium of cultural artifacts here in Nyongmalende.
0: You know, I'm walking around, uh, we've been walking around a bit and I've heard Thai, Cantonese, uh, I believe we've got a couple of young ladies from Guangdong over there. This lives up to its kind of Hallyu regional name. Uh, You reckon this kind of thing could happen in America?
1: This exact park, it's hard to imagine, back in the land we come from. Not because there's no ruined amusement parks. There's plenty of ruins in America. It's a big country of booms and busts. Things get forgotten, tucked away in some unused corner of a state. You can find these kind of places, but not legally enterable places, not close to a major city. In fact, I think technically we are still in Seoul, though we had to to take a train for an hour to get out here. Uh, You wouldn't find in our country that is so oriented on, uh, oriented toward lawsuits, you wouldn't find a place like this you could legally go into and spin around on some wheels or uh, sit in disused spaceships or explore broken and rusting shells of various pods and Viking ships. It would be, this is a nightmare waiting to happen legally if it was in
0: America, right? It's lawsuit central. This would become a litigation theme Park, as it were. <laughs>
1: America's already a litigation theme park in some sense, <laughs> yeah, right? but I know what you mean.
0: It reminds me a little bit of the graphic novel. Uh, there's a Batman one called The Killing Joke. Oh, yes, I like that one. That's a wonderful one, isn't it? Where the Joker takes over an old abandoned amusement park like this and turns it into a, a horror ride for, I believe it's Commissioner Gordon's daughter. Right,
1: he uses it to torture the both of them at some point.
0: That's right. So uh, this is not torture. This is a lot of fun, actually, and a lot of light photography and a whole lot of... Uh, Ah, paper trail for social media networking services. It's got everything you need You need in a modern Korean attraction. I guess, you know, even though this has shown some lasting power since the late 90s, things do change fast in Korea. So uh, if people do want to come out, it's probably a better idea to come sooner than later. As we
1: learned from the Sajang-nim, no one really knows how long it's going to stay in this condition, enterable for a mere 5,000 won fee, uh, photographing to your heart's content. This could be redeveloped tomorrow, potentially. We've, on this program, on these urbanism segments, we've been to whole neighborhoods that have been destroyed by redevelopment. It's not completely unlikely that this kind of a, this kind of a place, Yongmaland, could be scraped off and replaced by towers any time.
0: It's, it's an interesting generational kind of thing going on here, I have to say. Uh, I predate the Internet and most social networking services, And it's hard for me to reconcile the concept of an amusement park with purely generating posts for the sake of it. Uh, This is a generation, these younger kids that are in their 20s or even pre-20s that feel a compulsive need to document their life, to curate the moments of their life. I don't know quite why that is. My head is not completely around it, why they want to create such a, a digital paper trail of their lives but this is the perfect setting in which to do it.
1: It is the perfect setting, and who knows how much longer this perfect setting will last.
0: Thanks again to Colin Marshall. Just to clarify, Yongma Land actually started as a water park in the 1980s when the current CEO, who you heard, took over in 1996. Then the licensing went wrong and it became what we explored today. That's going to do it for our show this week. We're produced by Sol Kim with associate production from Jamie Lee and writing from Christine Saul. I'm Kurt Aishin. We're going to be back again on Monday to start it all over again. I'll see you then.